Blog Talk Radio. radio broadcast where we are all about open and honest discussion and today is no different than any other, any other day we want to express ourselves honestly spiritually and help discover our truth like we always do um so welcome and if this is the first time you are listening thank you for joining us i am nikki and i am joined today as always um with sean say hello sean Hello, Sean. Hey. And Aaron. How are you, Aaron? I'm well. Hello, everybody. What's up, Aaron? Wonderful, wonderful. So if you're joining us for the first time today, thank you very much. You can call in. We always want um, everyone's participation in the show and insight and wisdom and input. So if you want to call in, call us at 347-215-8634. Uh, if you're shy and you don't want to talk on the air but you want to talk to us, you can send us an email at uh, blueclick at gmail.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-L-I-Q-U-E at gmail.com. And I'm, my computer is a little wacky, so I can't even see the chat room. Um, so I'm not going to open the chat room, but we are on Facebook. So if you want to talk to us, you can talk to us there too. Look us up on Facebook. You can read if you want to join our discussions on Facebook. Um, any current members on Facebook, you have any questions, you can send them there too because I have that open. Um, if you want to join us on Facebook, you could just go to just look up the Blue Click Expression of Spirit in the search box, and you should be able to find us there. So we have some pretty cool discussions, very enlightening discussions on Facebook. So feel free to participate. Um, today's topic should be pretty interesting, but before we get into that, um let's hey, hold on, wait, you're kind of breaking up kind of breaking up a little bit. I'm I breaking mean, up. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, like, your audio is not really clear. Man. I got different headphones. Still trying to use them. Still trying to use them. Jack Maybe I'm moving around headphones. too much. Okay. It's, it's Mercury is still Mercury still in retrograde. I'm blaming uh-huh. that. <laughs> what headphones are you using? 
I'm using the ones to plug in, the ones that came with the phone. Uh, so yeah. that one they should work. So we'll see. Well, I'll, maybe I'm moving around too much, but it, it's it's solar flares and mercury and retrograde. I'm blaming Ooh, it on that today. That's real bad right there. This is bad. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like maybe I need to just use the phone. Yeah. You're both very clear to me on my end. Oh, maybe it's really? me. My, yeah, uh-huh. Aaron, you just found it. Maybe it's my headphones because, Aaron, you just found yeah, it. Yeah, Aaron's kind of, clear. Like, is he clear? Say something again, Aaron. Come again. Hello? <laughs> testing, testing. <laughs> yeah, he sounds fine to me, too. But, I knew it's you. Must be my headphones. <laughs> uh, you sound fine, though. Uh-huh. Do I? Yeah. Do I, do I yeah. sound messed up? Yeah. No, you sound okay to me. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Right now, anyway. As we'll we see. proceed. As we proceed. <laughs> All right, well, let's just see what's going on. Uh, Aaron, anything new or happening or any new discoveries or anything new you want to yeah. talk about or Ab- mention? Absolutely. I was uh, traveling with some friends to a a little event that I was participating in, and we were just having really easy conversation. And it was just one of those types of uh, trips down where the conversation would kind of flow, and then it would stop, and we'd be silent for a while, and then it would kind of flow, and then be silent. And I was just remembering how you know, when you when you view words as impeccable, as it would be in accordance with the four agreements, be impeccable with your word, you just, mm-hmm. you really understand that your words have to be something that offers up something more interesting than silence. I've just been really checking back in with the impeccability mm-hmm. of the word. And Absolutely. only speaking, <laughs> if I feel like I have something to, Offer or share that uh, that is better than silence, and really feeling comfortable sitting in that silence because I know many of us have been trained to feel uncomfortable with silence or feel that if we're in the company of other people, the silence mm-hmm. translates into awkwardness or uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. So I should probably try to make people feel more comfortable and connected which usually means we talk and it's just just to feel the silence and it's just noise. It's not really saying anything. So to to get to the point where you're comfortable or to feel connected in the silence and not have to use anything outside of the silence to feel comfortable says a lot about the individuals in the, the group. So that's that's wonderful. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Man, I'm I'm actually as we're speaking, I'm sitting here writing. I'm writing. Y'all y'all disturbing my shit with this show. <laughs> 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 you know what? I've I've I've, I've as, as, in in the interest of observing cycles and observing mm-hmm. myself in terms of cycles. Um, there's something about this time of year that makes me kind of shell up and wall off and become less communicative. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a a beginning stage of, of a hibernation, if you will. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I don't feel very engaging at this time of year. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's actually an arduous task for me to sit down and have a conversation about just about anything, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. And um, last year we did a show around this time. This is when I had my hernia surgery. Remember when I had my hernia surgery back in uh, last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. y'all did a show, kind of did it without me, and I was kind of listening. And I was mm-hmm. attributing, it, attributing it to, you know, the fact that I had just gone through surgery and I was kind of drugged up and wasn't really feeling like talking or anything. But this year, as this year rolls around, I find myself feeling uh, a similar sentiment as to how I felt last year. So I'm beginning to identify that as some, some sort of cycle as it relates to me, you know, being – I'm not an extrovert. Anyway, you know, <laughs> these shows were, was, was really an exercise in me being more outspoken and, and, and speaking, you know, in public, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it seems to be um, exceedingly more difficult this time of year for me to be uh, communicative, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I, I still don't know as to why that is. I'm very emotional. Shit, I... I was I put on a Renee. Renee has a group that he put me in um, last week, and he had a, um, a post on there that said something about uh, tell tell us a fact about yourself. And I put I once cried at a beer commercial, <laughs> cried watching a beer commercial, <laughs> and I did. You know what I'm saying? I'm just extremely mm-hmm. emotional for some reason this time of year, and 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 I'm still trying to figure out as to why that is, but it's very effective in terms of helping me, you know, get down in my creative space and writing and, and soothing those emotions in my writing, you know. So my presence here with you guys today is, 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 is it's huge. It's monumental in the fact that I really don't feel like doing it, but I'm here anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am. I think it's a matter of being, you know, when you, again, when your energies are focused elsewhere. Right. Um, until it's presented right. in front of you, and then you're like, okay, I can do it, but have to put extra energy towards moving towards it. It feels like, do I want to, do I want to put my energies elsewhere, especially since you're in the midst of writing and you're kind of internalized. But once you're there, you're there. Right. So. Right. 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 That's kind of where I am too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, good. And I think with me, I am just, uh, it's, Aaron, it's interesting you, you talk about um, only speaking if you can improve upon the silence. And I think, <laughs> I think what is this interesting phenomenon that I've been trying to figure out, you know, what part I've played in. I have this this person that has attached themselves to me that is basically everything that I try to not be and everything I try to stay away from, and I'm trying to find out what role is this person playing in my mm-hmm. life in which this person, you know, when you're around someone who says absolutely nothing, nothing that you're you're interested in, nothing that improves upon the silence, but they've attached themselves to you, so you are in a position where you're around this person where they're they're talking to you and I have developed very little tolerance for first of all I've never had any tolerance for small talk but I I really try to put myself in positions and around people who I can learn and grow from so I know this person 
for whatever reason, I'm learning and growing from, but I'm trying to figure out what is it that, how I've contributed to or what I've done to allow this person to come into my circle, basically, I guess. Um, And basically what it is is um, I'm we both have six-year-olds and they're friends, and so there's a lot of school stuff that we're at the same place with and we're neighbors. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, you're around someone who drives you crazy, but you're trying to be, I, I'm struggling with being, having my nice person syndrome and how I thought I was over the nice person syndrome and this person has, has surprised me and, and showed me that I'm not over my nice person syndrome, basically, is what it is. So I've, I've, this has been, that's my growing experience in the last couple of weeks and, and trying to see who am I in that, how I've contributed to that, and now what to do about it. So if anybody has any insights, <laughs> if anybody has any um, any advice of what this is, Sean, Sean basically told me that I need to speak up. This is my exercise of speaking up for myself and not being responsible for other people's feelings. Um, yep. But it's it's been a, a growing experience, and it has showed me I'm putting one, that I'm still at a point where I am willing to be uncomfortable to save somebody else from being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible. I'd rather be uncomfortable than speak up and risk being the person responsible, quote-unquote, for hurting somebody else's feelings. Although mm-hmm. totally, I could totally see how I am putting myself onto her because I'm just assuming this is how she's going to respond. But it's my issues with, I don't want her to, because this is, and it's all me, speaking to me, I don't want her to feel rejected or and I know probably everybody pushes her away and I know that she and this is me I don't want to be pushed away I don't want to be rejected I don't want to be this is me putting all of my feelings onto her thinking that she would respond the way I think she's going to respond which is but you know what you know, you know what you know the important question is though the more important question is the question you need to ask yourself is what does that type of rejection give you permission or allow you to feel about yourself, then why? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh-huh. Why, 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 do, why do those particular sentiments still carry so much weight with you that you're willing to alter right. who you are from feeling there? You know what I'm saying? Why are they that important? Mm-hmm. That's the question you should be asking yourself. Right. Why, why, are right. why is it important? Why am I concerned with that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I am looking at why is that important? Why is that an issue? When I thought I was, I thought I had worked through that and healed healed that part of myself, and this has showed me that I, I still have some work to do. So I guess well, that's what I mean, so it, just, it, 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 it shows me, and, 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 the, and, you know, if I'm looking at it within the same context, it shows me that you're still not willing to look at it from the from the greater perspective. You know what I'm saying? You still have to look at it from a higher perspective 
as it relates to you. Okay, going all the way back to the beginning, you've agreed to come here, okay? You've mm-hmm. agreed to experience this stuff. It's not a definition of who you are. To give it that much weight that you have to step around it and avoid it for some reason. That's really like looking at it from a higher perspective. When you look at it from the perspective that it, it, it is an experience and it doesn't define you any way, shape, or mm-hmm. form, you can really grab that and hold on to it. You can understand things in a better, you know, in a better light. You're not held down by the gravity of these things because they no longer can give you definition so they can't right. define you. So how can they bother you? So why would you? Why would it be something that you have to miss in order? Yeah, hold on. Why would it be something you have to miss or step over or step around because you don't want to feel it? You're giving it that much weight that if I do feel these things, it will make me feel a certain way about myself. You know what I'm saying? But you have to know that that's not the case. You don't have to feel right. around anymore. Experience, walk right in them. Experience them. Feel them for what yeah. they are. But stop giving it so much weight and so much gravity, again, that it defines you to the point that you have to avoid it because you don't want to feel it because you don't want to bear the weight of what it is. Making any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I... I think it's, I'm I, the way I'm looking at it is more why I'm having the feelings and the sensations and the reactions that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I am and how I feel about that, but where is it coming from? Why am I having it? When it shouldn't. Okay. I think that's kind of, that's more of what it is. And how, why did I attract a person? Like it, I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay. don't. That's the problem. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. When, you know, it, it, it's serving you somehow. It's serving you somehow, some way. It's serving you. When uh-huh. it's, you know, again, when you're, nice no longer, when you're no longer a service, we get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's, it's, it's still my Jesus complex. I'm yeah, it is. Person. Yeah, you know, everybody push this person away. <laughs> I'm not gonna push this person away. I'm gonna be better than you know those. I'm, everybody, everybody, pretty much pushes this person away. Everybody is like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh-uh, I stay away from her because she's 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 got a lot of issues, and so wait, 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 wait. I am. Hmm. Who are you trying to impress, though? Who are you trying to by 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 it's forcing me. yourself it's, it's, in a relationship again, with someone? It's, it's, it's the, oh, wait, 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 Jesus wait, complex. Wait, wait, wait. Again, right? I get that, but think of think about what it is that you're saying. You're in a forced relationship that you're forcing yourself to stay in with someone that you're repulsed by, which goes against the very definition of a relationship in the first place. So my question uh-huh. to you is, my question to you is, who are you trying to prove something to? Who are you trying to impress? Good. Myself, I guess. Good question. How? Why? Just for the shits and giggles, or? Uh, I don't know. That's the que- that's that's the question. I think. Yeah, I mean, again, you're getting something out of it. You're being entertained. Just being entertained. By being this. entertained. It's like 
Yes, this is your reality show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're being mm-hmm. entertained. Indeed. You're being entertained. Indeed. That's what it is. You're Indeed. being entertained by okay. it. Okay, well. Just play with it, shit. <laughs> play with it. I mean, my my whole thing is within any circumstance, especially circumstances that I can identify, if I'm not getting what I need to get out of it and feel comfortable mm-hmm. getting what I need to get out of it, I'm not going mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. I don't have to prove that mm-hmm. to myself. I don't want to make mm-hmm. myself feel uncomfortable just so I can feel it as the experience. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on, you know, at this point, I want something different. And for the most part, when you look at most people's lives, that's all their lives really are. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of events that they create. Yeah. They can feel certain sentiments. This for this for the sake of saying they felt them, or not even real, and not even being that closely associated with what they're doing at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the life yeah. becomes this whole um, scenario, range of a menagerie of scenarios that they create just so they can feel certain sentiments. It's something that you become addicted to. So you keep recreating that same thing over and over. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Um, um. Oh, my update the next time will be how I <laughs> and the plot twist how I'm going to redirect this film. But I, I am, I yeah. It's it's been an interesting observing. My reaction to this whole experience, being the observer, it's been quite interesting. I have learned some things about myself. So, so yeah. Wow. Okay. Care to share? <laughs> huh? Care to share what I've learned about myself? Yeah. Just the... Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I had mentioned before that I, I I really thought that I was had grown past feeling responsible for other people's feelings and how I still have to when extending myself to offer to help people how I don't set clear boundaries. <laughs> On what mm-hmm. that is, um, which is something that I I need to rectify. And with that feeling, my not wanting to hurt someone. I, I think I still have the being a good person, good person, what's a good person, be a good person is is still um, a block that I have that I need to deal with and I thought I deal with. Um, and if there's something that, you know, kind of a, if someone asks me to do something, the thing that kind of goes through my mind is, well, if it's not going to hurt me and it's going to help someone else, then I should do it. Where I have to, and then have an, or I feel like I still have to give an explanation when I say no, instead of just saying no. 
that's not something that I want to do. And being feeling comfortable with that, but feeling like I have to give an explanation because I need someone to understand. I need you to understand why I'm saying this. And that all has to do with, I don't want you, and it, it does totally have to do with how I want them to see me. Right. I don't want to, yep, how I want them to see me. Me hey. thinking about what which I people think of me. I'm which still brings, there. Which brings, me back, <laughs> which brings me back to my question. I'm still there. Question. We all mm-hmm. are to some degree, but it still brings me back mm-hmm. to my question. Not directed directly at you, but in general. What is greater than you? You give mm-hmm. that much power to that you diminish yourself to a to a degree to give leeway or cre- credence to the thing. Because you're basically bowing to that thing, basically saying you're greater than I am. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the, the fundamental question, the fundamental should always be, what is this thing that I'm giving more power to than I'm giving myself? Right. Understanding that the being and, and understanding that the that the premise being that nothing, nothing, no thing gets more power than you mm-hmm. give yourself. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not in the pursuit of shits and giggles. Not in the pursuit of having mm-hmm. fun or just experiencing shit just to feel it. Nothing. No thing. No one mm-hmm. takes precedence, or you give more power to. Than you and your own personal development, development and growth. You don't. Nothing takes a backseat to that. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And that right there is your constitution. And whatever you have mm-hmm. to just make that be the case, then you do it. But you don't have to think about it. Nothing mm-hmm. takes precedence over that. Nothing. Not your feelings. Right. Not why do I keep doing none of that shit. The bottom line should be. This here, me, is more important than everything else as it relates to me giving my power away to send mm-hmm. anything outside of me mm-hmm. to give me relevance, definition, or anything else. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing is greater than that. You can't give that away. You can't give it away because you feel sorry for somebody. No. The old, you know what I'm saying, that, that would be, that's your constitution. That's your bottom line. That should be written in stone. That should never be breached, ever. It shouldn't even be a conversation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't even be a conversation. It should be boom. Next, what else? What else? Right. And anything that anything that comes near that line or wants to flirt around with stepping over that line, instantly, no, that's gone. Beat it. I can't fuck with you. Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, when mm-hmm. that's your if that's your functioning premise. All of that other bullshit stops. <laughs> all of that other bullshit stops in terms of you worrying about what these people think, or you worrying about what this look, what you look like in front of these folks, or what these people might think you perceive you that ain't who over there. That's none of your business anyway. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about that. You cannot step into someone's eyes and see you through their eyes, the way that you think that they see you. They see you in a whole different light than you think they do, based on their their, their experience. Uh-huh. So that's none of your business anyway. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't control that. 
Nor should you want to, nor should you try. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, nah, hell no. Hell no. Parker. All right. Okay. We're not connect the door. I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you've said. And mm-hmm. one thing that this situation has served is showed me that I I I thought that I was at that point, and this is basically kind of resurfaced and showed mm, you got a little bit more clean, <laughs> a little bit more sweeping to do. You haven't gotten in those corners. You haven't cleaned in those corners yet. So this is a this has been a clarifying experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm going to use this as a segue into our topic and um, to be able to have relationships where you're able to be open and honest and and trusting enough for someone to come to you and be as completely honest as this conversation is right now. Um, it is more of the gaining of the spiritual partnerships in relationships, including um, marriage, which our topic for today is um, based, is how people end up marrying the wrong person. Um, So, you know, marriage in many different forms is kind of in the forefront in the topic with uh, marriage quality and the divorce rates, and everybody knows somebody who's currently getting married, about to get married, getting divorced, about to get divorced, and everywhere in between. And... um, we're going to loosely base this discussion off of an article um, that we did have on the Blue Click uh, Facebook page and by the same name, and we end up marrying the wrong people. Um, so I, I think I want to kind of talk about um, or just kind of get everybody's view on where we get our ideas of what marriage is in the first place. So, I, first of all, most people or some people, first views that they've seen of marriage or what married people are, are parents or close family members. Um, and then you kind of get an idea of how that, how the relationships in your home growing up, how they conduct themselves, an idea of what marriage is. So everybody's idea of marriage is going to be different because everybody's idea, uh, everybody's home life growing up is different. Um, even if you grew up in the same house, people's relationships change. So you, what you saw might be different than what a brother and sister, what your brother saw or your sister saw based off of if they're younger or older and where your family members were in their relationship or in their life. Um, besides that, it was TV and fairy tales, Cinderella, everybody wants the, 
you know, there are a lot of people who plan their wedding from when they're 11 years old and all these ideas of what we think marriage is. And in reality, it turns out to be much different when you're in the midst of it. Um, so I'll start with you, Erin. Where, where do you get your ideas of what marriage is? Well, first and foremost, it comes from my parents. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have two people who happened to be very young just show us what it meant to be committed committed to one another and to, at the very least, accept and, and embrace each other for all sides. And these are two people who argue a great deal. But at, at, at the base of all that, I got to see what true commitment looked like. And then secondarily, you know, the process of meeting and falling in love and all that stuff, a lot of that came from television, media, fairy tales, and all that kind of BS. And then uh, it was only when I started to really step away from that and then get very clear on my personal issues that I, I was allowed myself to really be open to receive whatever love was supposed to be for me. Okay. What about you, Sean? Where do your ideas of marriage come from? <laughs> my ideas of marriage came from TV. <laughs> my ideas of marriage came from watching my mom and my dad, who were young parents, kind of stumble through, you know, relationships and see what it was, you know, on the ground, first up close and in, in, in person. You know, and realizing that, you know, just because people sometimes disagree and sometimes disagree vehemently, it doesn't mean that they don't love one another. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now mind you, some, some people are addicted to arguing, and that's the only way that they can get whatever endorphin rush that they get. So they have to do it. But then, you know, sometimes... Um, when you watch a lot of television, I grew up watching a lot of television. <laughs> you know, I watched a lot of television. And television has a way of kind of massaging into your psyche what your life and your family should look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So as I began, mm-hmm. to, when I grew older, I began to marry up the two, you know, what TV looked like and what TV says my life should look like. And I'm, whoa, hold up. No, they don't do that on TV. My mom and dad are yelling at each other, and I hear dishes. You know, I hear uh, 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 dishes being broken and, and, and booming and bumping, and you know, what the fuck is going on out there? They don't do that on TV, you know. But as I begin to watch these things and watch how they work through the situations that you know um, created these uh, head bumping dynamics, and continue to stay together in spite of those things, because some of that shit was real, like whoa. He did what? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and as a kid, being privy to hearing shit that they're saying, because at this point they're yelling and they don't give a shit who who hears what. Mm-hmm. You hear everything. You know, and then, you know, and you're sitting there in your room and you're, you're, you're not really processing it in terms of looking at it like this is what I would do or this is what I would do. You're listening to mm-hmm. it in its, in, its, in, its, in its entirety. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them are your parents, and you don't want to take a side against one against the other. Unless, and one thing I can say about my dad, he never put his hands on my mother. 
we put our hands on him. You know, he's thrown mm-hmm. eyes at him and all kinds. He's never put his hands on it. But watching all of that stuff play out and 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 and, and see how some of that stuff was like, whoa, this is a deal breaker. But you know, mm-hmm. they kind of still, in spite of that, kind of kept it together. Mm-hmm. Was you know, I factored that somewhere into my um, understanding of marriage. When I got married, I factored that in. Mm-hmm. You know, I played a vital part in um, a lot of the things that I did and a lot of things that I put up with, you know. And some of the shit was like the exact mirror <laughs> reflection of what I heard, you know. As, you know, was the cart before the horse or what? You know, I don't know. I'm not blaming anything on my father. I just know what I did. What I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, and in spite of doing all of that, it, it was like, okay, this is what marriage is. This is what marriage is. You you hang on. And it really wasn't even a a biblical thing. You know, you know, we just don't get divorces and, you know, the Bible. Says, it wasn't, it, though I was that type of person, It that didn't factor in as much as all the on-the-ground on shit did. You know, my emotional stuff. But the, the religious and the, and the law, legal aspect of it, I wasn't too really. I wasn't that concerned about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really didn't matter. But yeah, I think yeah, my parents watching them and watching, you know, and and not just watching them from a again from a, a critical critical eye, but just watching it, just sitting in the middle and watching both sides and feeling, you know, what it feels like to be on both sides and understanding the validity in both sides. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it gave right. me a sense of it gave me a sense of um, both-sidedness or even-handedness. You know that that the whole Bible narrative didn't create for me. The Bible mm-hmm. kind of said that you know, mm-hmm. you woman is supposed to be behind you and you you know obey and <laughs> all of that shit. I didn't get down with that. It just didn't fit with what I observed and how I observed. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard that again. Mm-hmm. It wasn't from a standpoint where I took one side, the man, this was the woman, that. And I didn't create that dynamic. I didn't create that whole, you know, men do this and women respond this way, or women do this and men respond. I didn't give it all of that. I didn't even understand all that till I got older. Mm-hmm. And how they create right. this dynamic where the sexes are at odds with one another. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are. They're, they take certain attributes of each sex and then they, 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 they critique it and they, they, you know, defame it and they, they ridicule it. Like women are so emotional, like that's something bad. Mm-hmm. Or men are so, right. you know, they're too, mm-hmm. they're too rational and they're not, they're not emotional enough. Like that's not emotional enough, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, not, but, never, but never stopping in the middle and saying, wait, hold up. You got that and I got this. Mm-hmm. Let's put mm-hmm. these together and make something whole. They rather fight amongst each other about that and how that doesn't serve me and what you do and what right. you do doesn't serve me. They never talk right. about how they complement one another. You know, they always yeah. Well, it's more. It's, it's more of a combative. It's a big emphasis on, on the differences. Reason. Right. The differences, the, the the emphasis on the differences is not more of how they complement each other. You have oh, these characteristics. I have these characteristics. 
And so, therefore, we're serving a whole. It's more of these differences are causing you to not understand me, and so, therefore, it's causing conflict, and so, therefore, right. we're not compatible. So you need to be more like me, in order, to, and I need to be more like you. So it's a constant struggle for you to try to make the... Instead of seeing each other's differences as these differences are necessary to create a balance, it's you need to be more like me. And the more you are like me, I'm going to try to change you. So you spend the whole relationship trying to change the person into you instead of looking at those differences and appreciating those differences. It just becomes a constant struggle of who's going to be able to pull the other person over to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, which um, on one of the on uh, one of the points in the article, it states that you know one of the reasons that we end up marrying the wrong person <laughs> is because we don't indeed understand ourselves. Um, exactly. exactly. And you, you look for a partner, right? And when you're looking for a partner, you come up with all of these requirements that you think, I need this person to be this, I need this person to be fun, I need this person to be attractive, I need the list. How many people have a a list of all of these qualities and characteristics that you want in a partner, yet you want that person to bring it to the table, but if you were to look at the list, how many of those characteristics would you have? Mm-hmm. And why are you desi- are you desiring those things from another person because you don't have that? And instead of looking inward and seeing that in yourself and developing those characteristics, you requiring them from someone else. This is what I need you to be so that I feel loved and accepted and whole. So you need to be these things, and so. You know, some people have lists with a hundred items on them of all this thing. And I'm not going to play through all the things that I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to, I need my partner to have all of these things. And that's how I know I'm going to marry the right person. Um, just crazy. Which is foolishness. Which is foolishness. Yeah. How, how, dare, mm-hmm. how, dare man, how dare you demand something, not even a demand something of someone that you yourself are willing or capable to mm-hmm. provide. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. there's a conversation that's like, whoa, you hear people say that, I just a man. Like, hold up, Johnny. <laughs> How many of those attributes do you actually exemplify? You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody talks about being to the table, coming to the table. I come to the table, and most of these people actually think they're coming to the table with everything, mm-hmm. and they actually only bring in a second and fourth. That's all they bring. They bring nothing else to the table. Right. They want everything. They're sitting down to eat. They want you to provide the meal. But they're not even going to bring Mm -hmm. the dish. They're just going to sit down with their knife and their fork and wait for you to feed them. Mm -hmm. They mean something to eat. They're not, not, you know, offering Mm -hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I just heard this. I'm like, yo, you don't, you deserve <laughs> what you get. Uh-huh. Because if you really deserved it, you would have it. Mm-hmm. You would have right. it. It would be a non-issue. Right. It would be there. You would be living mm-hmm. it. It would be looking back at you. 
That's all the relationship really is. It's, it's, it's a carbon copy. It's, it's, it's one side looking back at the other. That's right. what a relationship is. When you're in a relationship with anyone and you think he's an asshole, it's because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the truth. So that, that's not something that, you know, that's not some magical hocus-pocus, you know, bullshit. That's, that's what it is all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone, you're in a relationship with the mirrored image of who you are. Yeah, Why right, exactly. Because you can only attract this, what you I don't are. I this and I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that. you lying to your fucking self. Mm-hmm. Right. You get everything you fucking deserve all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the time. That don't shut off. That don't shut off at all. You get what you deserve. You get what you think you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. absolutely. You get what you, know, you think you deserve. You get what you think you deserve. And if you, you know, and people, I deserve, I deserve to have. No, you don't. Because if you, <laughs> if you, if you, if you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't even be saying it because you would have it. Mm-hmm. You'd be on to the mm-hmm. next thing. It'd be something else. But that wouldn't be the issue. That wouldn't be right. the issue. Or how many... How many times do you get, you say that you want these things and these people have, let's say that you find someone that has all of the perfect partner characteristics, they're, you know, good personality and funny and open-minded and nice and picks two and, you know, all the all the stuff, <laughs> but you ignore all of the, you get a, a blatant, like, red flag that we ignore because, wow, well, he has all the, he has everything on the list or he's ideal because he has, you know, all of the things that you think that you need in order to basically feel secure and this is a good, what you have been conditioned to believe is a good relationship or a good partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, we're never really encouraged other than or encouraged to pay attention to the emotional red flag. It doesn't feel right. I'm just going, why wouldn't I love this person? They're great on paper. They already have everything on my list. I don't. So you just think that there's something flawed about you, you know or what? that there's something wrong with you, first, and you first, ignore the red flags instead of first thinking. Of all, first of all, first of all, the list on my list, that list isn't their list. Uh-huh. That shit that's on that list isn't their list. That's no, the list it's, that a, it's everybody else's list. That's right. This is the that's person that I need to show up with list. This is the mm-hmm. person right. that I am going to impress other people with list. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. That's living outside of yourself. Again, that's going back to that same mm-hmm. narrative. Giving right. something outside of you greater credence that you it's now define your life based on how that thing sees you or perceives you. Mm-hmm. Or those group of yeah. people see you or perceive you. So you you go and set a set set in action a course of events that are, that reflects the sentiment that you want to forecast. Not even really what you care to wholeheartedly forecast, but the sentiment of what it looks like to other people of more importance than anything else. So you live a whole mm-hmm. life being a fool 
<laughs> being a fool, trying to convince yourself otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because now you get the you get the esteem of the people that you're trying to impress with really for them anyway, and they give you a mm-hmm. pat on the back. Wow, you know she she did a eye for herself, and that's good enough for you. That you sacrifice a lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> you would sacrifice an entire lifetime for a pat on the back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like when you put all it. I'm gonna just throw everything that I really want and 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 the things of my deep my heart's deepest desire, and I'm gonna go for this this eye candy and maintain the eye candy because that gives me more cred, you know, amongst my my peers. Mm-hmm. And that means everything. That that means everything. That's a lifetime waste. Yeah. Some degree. I mean, when you know better. I mean, to someone, it's you know, that's what they suppose experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but for those who know better, it's it's one of them things where, to me, at this point, I can't even stand to look at it, or listen to it, or be in the same room with that. <laughs> Anybody who's there, because you can't say anything to them that they will, you know, coherently understand, and you see exactly what it is, but you can't speak to it because they're not going to hear you because they can't hear you. You know, you get to the point where, I mean, me personally, I get tired of looking at train wrecks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm standing there, you standing there with the lever in your hand that can stop the whole thing, just, you know, but you, and you don't know that. Mm-hmm. You don't give a fuck. So you just mm-hmm. got to stand there and watch it time and time. Like, no, I'm getting tired of that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally get tired of that. I really am. Because I can't speak to it the way that I'm speaking to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can't speak mm-hmm. to it that way, and that's the only that's the only way I can speak to it at this point. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and 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 to diminish it and to go down and observe it, I personally don't have the patience to try to walk somebody through some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some who do, mm-hmm. will you know entertain that idea and 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 will walk someone try to walk their hand and wind up getting frustrated because again, there's a frequency issue that they're never going to really right. hear what you're saying. So you're really wasting your time. Sometimes, maybe there's one, it's like playing the lotto, <laughs> maybe one, one in 400 million chance of catching that one that's going to hear something you say and say, oh, okay, I get it. But you got to sift through all the motherfuckers, man, please, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do I mean, I, still, I love my family. I, love, I still love everybody mm-hmm. around it doesn't mm-hmm. diminish my, my emotion or my sentiments for them. I just can't, I, I, I'm not willing to throw myself into that environment and not try and raise the vibration, knowing mm-hmm. before I open my mouth that it's a futile endeavor in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like playing with myself like that. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather just extricate myself from the whole situation and, okay, I'll deal with y'all in diminishing capacity, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to maintain my perception of who you, who I now, where I now hold you, and who I now hold you as a person. You did. I'm not going to pile in. I'm not going to let you pile any more stuff on me that will make me think you a dumbass. <laughs> so I just kind of, you know, I live in my conversations with my dad. I live in my conversations with him, man, to maybe two a year. Mm-hmm. We might have two conversations a year. I mean, we might be done for this year because I talked mm-hmm. to him the other day. We were on the phone for like two hours, man. We had a good conversation. Man. Mm-hmm. Pretty good conversation. But, yeah, I, 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 and I still love him the same. He's still my pop. 
I love him to death. But I had to pull away from it, way away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of hurt because mm-hmm. you know, that was that was that was the time when he was he was it. That was the dude. That was the dude you went to. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had something on your mind, or when you wanted to talk about something, and he could he could take that that idea and kind of expound on it, and you know, make you see it in a way that damn, okay, I didn't see that before. I lost that. I lost mm-hmm. that. That was big. Mm-hmm. It was real big. Did you lose it or did you grow? Did you grow? No, no, no. Did I, you grow? I, I, I lost it because I grew. Mm-hmm. Okay. I lost it because I grew and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And he basically, quite frankly, at, at, at this point, refused to. Mm-hmm. I remember when we when I, when I first had like these like eye open epiphanies, man, and they were like coming in rapid succession. And of course, the only person you want to talk to. Is the person you've always talked to about shit like that, and for them to just put the brakes on you and be like, "Ooh, hold up, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that." <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's um, mm-hmm. talk, right. You know, it's like a punch. You know. Yeah, I've had that like punch yeah, in the chest. That's like, what just happened? That's a shot to the gut, man. That's a shot to the gut. Mm-hmm. That's a shot to yeah. the gut. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. And it still kind of stings. It really does. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't talk. We can talk about anything, but don't talk about Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. at one point he was like, he, he was like, you know, um, man, I'm so glad that you're out, you know, exploring new things and learning new stuff, and I've always encouraged you to do that, and I, I, I encourage you to continue doing it, and I really, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing it. But Boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool where I am. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't need to go no further. I, I don't want to grow. Right. I got Christ, and that's all I need. He did. And I'm, and in that moment, right. the dude that went, my my whole the scale just like, <clears throat> it just tilted. My whole mm-hmm. universe tilted. Because prior to that, he was, again, the guy you went to, the guy who can expound on any and everything. And he, in an instant, became someone who was in such a small box that he couldn't see a whole lot of what was really going on. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then in that instant, I put myself back into um, understanding what it looked like because that was just me. Just, you know, shit, at that point, it was just maybe a month prior, I would have shared his same sentiment. You know what I'm saying? That's how drastic of a change it was. It was like I went from being like Mr. Super Christian to... You know, what? Jesus, what? <laughs> In almost mm-hmm. no time. In almost no time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and now that I think about it, to ask someone while they're in the throes of that to just drop what they're doing and follow you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. They're not there. That's, right. that's the only way that they can conceive it because at that point, y'all, you can. My, at one point, he asked me, who is teaching you this stuff? Where are you learning this from? Who is teaching you this? Uh-huh. I'm like, God damn, why does someone, is that the only way you can learn something if someone sits you down and teaches and pours it into you? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Is that mm-hmm. what you're telling me? And, and that is, and I realized that, yes, that's exactly what he was saying. Yeah. You don't, you can't know anything. Well, that's the way, if, if that's what you, you have to, the only way that I know something is because somebody sat me down and told me. Exactly. You can't imagine yeah. it any other way. That's all exactly. I know. Exactly. But just think of, just look how limiting that is. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, 
But then to understand that that is someone's reality, man, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Then when you go and you set a course, the course is, and, and engage in that person in dialogue, you quickly see the chasm that separates y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of startling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason why I kind of wish Dolphin people, because, again, I kind of I want to maintain a certain level of, of, of fondness for them. And if I let it go too far mm-hmm. where I see that that's how far away we are, I won't want to come around you at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It, it's almost like, and I, I like to use the analogy of, of the rainbow or colors. It's, um, it's, it, again, it kind of helps me put things into a smaller scale, but it's kind of like you've only known the color red your whole life, and then all of a sudden you open this door and you saw blue and yellow and green and purple and all these colors, and you're going trying to describe these colors to someone who still is only seeing red. And so they're listening to you, and you're like, yeah, that's exciting. And their response is, well, what shade of red is that? We've got a dark red and light red and crimson red and tomato red and pumpkin red and you're trying and you're trying to explain to them no it's not just red there's a whole array of colors it's not just red look at all these other colors and they they can't see it they have no idea what you're talking about because they can only right. still see the color red and they right. are still trying to tell you you know there's only one color right you know there's only red i don't know I don't care what you call it or why you keep saying purple and blue, but, you know, there's only red, right? And that's that's the frustrating part is is you you see it and you feel it and you smell it and you're you're trying to explain it to someone who has not had that experience that and they can't see it. They don't have the eyes and the ears and, and the, the, the senses for it. They're still only seeing the color red, and they pretty much closed closed off, or they've closed in, closed themselves in, so that they're surrounded only by red, because those other colors are threatening and mean. They think it means that I'm going to have to give up red instead of having to add to it. Instead of you know, you can still have red and all these other colors, but you're going to see it so much differently. It's going to make red even more beautiful. They mm-hmm. think I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have it at all. And I love red, and red's always been there for me, and red's beautiful. They think that you're saying, no, you can't have red at all. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it is very kind of disenchanting to think that, this, especially people who you you know, essentially you think your parents are superheroes growing up. They know all, they protect you, they're bigger, stronger, smarter. And then when you see that they're regular people, oh, they're just they're just mortal beings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you see their flaws and their their fears and their setbacks and you see them for what they are. It's it's you kinda of go through a mourning process and a little bit of a heartbreak when you grow beyond these people who you saw as superheroes at one point. 
Mm-hmm. So it causes you to look at everything, to kind of redefine everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're avoiding is having to redefine everything because I'm comfortable with all the definitions that I have right now. And so if I even crack that door open, everything I know is going to have to be different and that the whole thought of that is overwhelming. So you go do what you have to do. I'm going to stay here. Just don't bring it to me. Just don't say anything to me. Right. Which which flies directly in the face with every with everything that you're doing in terms of growing and expanding and becoming different and learning and just being more broad and more vast in your association with everything and how that mm-hmm. redefines your personal association with everything. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and having to endure the contrast of that being the exact opposite of someone who wants to not expand but contract even, mm-hmm. even smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going in two opposite directions. So, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> there comes a point where you get so far apart that you no longer can hear and see one another. Right. You know? It really does. So, you know, it it, 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 it's there. First person. You were for a second, but not anymore. Oh, I'm trying to hear it. Um, some people can entertain that for a long period of time. Just taking love and commitment and family and all. <laughs> some folks are like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can still maintain the integrity of my feelings and my, you know, my affinity. But, no. We can't we can't sit down and break bread all the time. Yeah. If I lived near my dad, I probably would never go see that dude. He probably would hear from me less. <laughs> mm-hmm. He probably would hear from me less. It really is a matter of, of of keeping people in 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 contained <laughs> in certain circumstances. Um, because that that's where your communication is. You have to keep mm-hmm. it contained in the way that you're able to communicate with this person. Right, but uh, but um, but don't, don't you would think now standing on this side now now mind you I'm in full recognition of the fact that I was once that person that mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't you think standing now on this side of things that there comes a moment and there does because we're obviously on this side of things that you stop and say hold up, this don't quite you know if if I want to yeah. With with this person, I have to on some level, okay, because they're obviously now starting to talk about things and talking a language that I'm not quite comfortable with. But for the sake of maintaining the closeness of our relationship, there comes a point where the, the tug of war has to be it has to be won by somebody, you know. And I don't see too many cases mm-hmm. where, and I haven't heard of too many cases where the person who is still stuck in the dogmatism of of religion and stuff. Willing to kind of mm-hmm. come up, okay, damn, I see what you're saying. It's too frightening for mm-hmm. them. You know, mm-hmm. because, I mean, when, and then when you dissect Christianity and you look at it, it's like their basic tenet is fear. Their basic tenet, everything that oh, is yeah. all predicated in fear. It's all fear. And you don't want to get pulled back into that, right? Yeah. So you're operating from fear. So the fear uh-huh. is what's going to keep you. The fear, is, the fear becomes greater than your, your, your willingness to have a relationship with somebody who's growing outside of your comfort level, mm-hmm. you know, 
for most folks, they can't come overcome. They can't overcome that fear. And then you realize that there's always, if you to some degree until you knew otherwise, live by that level of fear. Mm-hmm. And then you start to really understand what fear does to you and how fear impacts your body and your psyche and your physicality and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to them about that either. Then you start to look at these people and you see that the body is kind of breaking <laughs> down and reflecting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. fear right. that's pulling at them. Right. Yeah. You can't speak to it because they can't hear what you're saying. So you got to sit there again, once yeah. again, sit there and watch it. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, we have oh a... My God. I'm going to interrupt ah. you just for a second because we have a, a caller. We have two, right? So let me see if they want to. I'm sure talk. Hold on one second. Hello? Who do we have on the line? Yes. It's me again. Okay. <laughs> Stacy. I am. I just so love sharing the energy of love with you guys. It's just awesome. I just can't wait till the day comes so I can hear you guys. Oh, cool. Right. Awesome. Yeah, but my thing is it's just on point. I uh God, if it was way back in the little bit before I got married, it's like I think I would have heard some things, but <laughs> my thing was um when I got married to my husband, it was the right way. I knew I was on the right path and to start until things start troubling within myself and it's like, Okay, maybe I did what married a wrong person and it went from that to me getting in touch with my inner self my male and female energy. So then I had to get to the point mm-hmm. to where if anything wasn't going on between us, then I had to go in and either talk to my masculine energy and I had to talk to my feminine energy in order to bring that about. And let me tell you, that works. Then I also mm-hmm. realized that a lot of times that I could tell my husband I love him and, and show this and that, it seemed like I could always see this entity in the middle between us. I could say one thing, but the entity would transform and tell him something else, and it was a state of confusion. And I actually saw this happening. I actually saw but I couldn't explain it to him because he thought, you know, yeah, I was kind of wacky. But now that I sat down and was able to, it seemed like when my uh, interactive eyes start opening up, it seemed like he tapped into that frequency, and his opened up too later on down the line. But nevertheless, it opened up. So he sees exactly what I was saying that you could right. actually see and feel an energy between the both because it's like, no, I didn't say it that way. You heard it that way. Yep. Who told yep. you mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. It's yep. not what. Mm-hmm. It's never what I said. It's what you heard. So who told you that? You know. So stop listening yeah. to the words and feel my vibration. And we cool. We are past the cool. Right. Um, we awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I love this I mean, show. This is a great show. Wow, cool. I remember. I remember the first time I felt that, the very first time I felt that, and it, it was so uh-huh. profound. I've never felt anything like that before that uh-huh. I still remember it to this day. I was sitting in an outback with, with my now ex-wife, and <laughs> we were having a conversation. We were having just a general conversation. It really wasn't about anything, but it became very apparent that she was not hearing what I was saying to her. Right. And it was it was crazy because, but the crazy thing about it was I could hear both sides, or at least I thought I could, you know, to the best of my, at least I was trying to, or even knew that there was a both sides to even entertain the idea that just, right. let, me, let me try to get where you are to try to feel that, what it is that you're saying. You know, some folks just take, they hear your words, but they never try to get clarity as to what it is 
or even know that there is clarity to be gotten. Mm-hmm. They think that these words right. mean this, mm-hmm. and these words mean this to everyone else. So if you use right. those words, you meant bang, 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 you know, and they go back into their reference of what this thing's now become, you know, yeah. symbolized to them. So they never really but it, hear you. It's about, right. it's about a frequency thing. It's about a feeling. It when is. you get to the point it where is. you can feel one another, we say it all the time, I feel you, I feel you. You know, mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yes, mm-hmm. there is such thing. Mm-hmm. There is there mm-hmm. is such thing as an entity that brings confusion with the vibration of the words that you speak. That is yes. so true, and I'm telling yes. you, it's like no, I didn't say it that way. And it got to the point to where it's like, okay, look, let's just not talk. Let's just sit down. If you're angry and you holding that vibration of anger, and I'm holding this vibration of sadness. Let's just hold what we're going to hold. Let's not say anything and let's just be quiet and let that go where it's going to go. And eventually we're right. looking at each other and it it works itself out. But you have to have right. the, the willing of the mind mm-hmm. to ascend very much so. Right. Well, you have to know that's a matter of knowing yourself and because we base off of, you know, when, it, when it's right. ego listening that's and ego talking, when you say something and it's based off of our self-esteem or self-worth and I'm looking for this right. person, you're automatically looking at it as an attack or, um, right. or a, a reason to get defensive. And so you're not actually hearing the words or feeling the frequency because you've already put a wall up. You've already put the blockage right. up where you have decided that when this person says something to me, and it, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the trust issue too. Um, if there's a, a trust issue within the relationship between two people and you don't trust that when they're telling you something, it's for my greater good, it's because they want me to be everything that I can be, so whatever they tell me, I'm going to use this information you automatically put up a wall because I don't trust that what you're telling right. me is for my good, but but to hurt me. And so once you have that wall up, you're basically keeping. You're not trying to keep the pain out. You're trying to keep. You are what you're doing is keeping the pain in. So when somebody says something, yeah. you're staring at your pain. Yeah, and a lot of and times so a lot of people not- don't even know what happened. They go into relationships not even knowing what. It feels like not to be in pain. Every relationship they've had has been painful, and so therefore they think that becomes the normal. Yeah. And another time, it's not so much as going outside and trust yourself. You don't trust your own energy because of what you're Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you never confront it or deal with it or deal with your feelings. You're never honest with your feelings. You know, oh, that's a point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is so true. Okay, I'm going to so step when back someone... and you to listen. <laughs> All, All right. right, well, thank you. Hey. You're welcome. Man, I think it's so cool that she speaks our language, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, anytime, though. Right, right. And I'm, I'm beginning to realize it's a small group. It's, it's, it's a large group, but it's small pockets of a large group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a small pocket of a large. Mhm. Mhm. It is. Yeah. 
But that small, uh, yeah, group, I, that small little group, that uh, yeah. small group is really just driving everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that small group is driving. The small group has yeah, that small group drives a lot of powerful energy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah, always does, mm-hmm. always does. Yeah. I used to think that everybody, man, we got to wake everybody up, you know. That is the whole thing. First, first, man, I got to stand on top. Man, I got to shout as loud as I can. Wake everybody up. Y'all wake up, wake up. Like Spike Lee movie <laughs> at the end. Right. Um, Larry Fishburne. Wake uh-huh. up. So what was School days. Uh-huh. School days. Yeah. You want to do that? You want to do yeah. that? You want to just, yeah, wake up and everything you think. They do. They can just hear me. They'll wake up. Right. The best thing you can do to save the world is to work on yourself. (laughs) Save yourself. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to sound like a hermit. (laughs) I'm moving. I'm moving to a hermitism. (laughs) I really am, man. I'm like, ugh. Uh, I understand it a lot more than I used to about why people, how how and why that happens, people become hermits or the person who you only see peering out the window every once in a while but never really comes outside. I get that now. I'm not there, but I get that. I get it. I understand I get it. it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're the smartest person you know. <laughs> I mean, mm. Mm. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You can entertain yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, look, I'm the smartest person out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't right. know anybody else more. <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? What lies beyond the door has to blow what's going on inside out of the water. Right. I mean, right. yes. if I'm going to leave my home, give me a good reason to. Right. 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 It kind right. of goes along with what you were saying about silence. If you're going to say something... Improve upon the silence. If I'm going to leave my my stimulating, comfortable environment, it has to be for something that's going to be stimulating and comfortable and growth-worthy. Mm-hmm. Worthwhile. Something worthwhile. It has to be worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Something worthwhile. I mean, I, I, I think that's whole, like the I introvert's like, motto. Like, if I'm going to right, spend right. all my energy going somewhere and getting ready and prepared and mentally preparing myself, it has to be something worthwhile. <laughs> True. I can't just go something just to go or just to be there or just to be seen. I I can't I don't have the energy to do that. It takes a lot of energy. As 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 an introvert, it takes a lot of energy to do that anyway and then to sit up there and then have to be somewhere and sit somewhere where it's uncomfortable because of small talk and meaningless conversation and mm-hmm. nobody you have anything in common with and then I have to you have to sit up there and endure that. Yeah, it has to be worth it. Definitely. Okay, I have a question. Um now I think what Adele was our caller was talking about has to do with kind of love language love languages, how we all kind of have our specific way of expressing ourselves and are showing love and so a lot of times people want to receive love the way that and this has to do with under not only understanding ourselves but understanding other people 
and understanding that people are not going to express themselves the same way or at the same time as maybe you you want them to or you would like them to, but learning and understanding what their love language is. And I think a lot of that has to do with how many ideas of people's ideas of what love is mm-hmm. and how limited are, again, that the limited language that we have for love and what it means and how it means something different for everyone else. Like I, you know, I can say I love my husband so much. I'm still blessed to wake up to him every day. I love him to death, but I also love chocolate. Now, <laughs> <laughs> The fact that we can use the same, we use the same word for both of those shows first the, the limit to how we can express ourselves in language with love. I love chocolate. I love my husband. I love hot water. You know, it's more of the, it has to go more, we need to be able to pick up and express ourselves more on that frequency and emotionally and have that nonverbal understanding because our love, if you're just expressing it in language and, um, you know, we we talk about people have said love is a a verb, not a noun um, for that very reason, how you express it and how you show it and your vibration towards people and things and your, your thoughts is is more of an indication of your function in a relationship rather than I love you or I love this person because the words are so limited and so limiting that we really don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in recognizing someone's, and I don't even know how... How would you rate most people when you think of relationships or marriage? Is love the only valid reason to marry somebody? Well, I mean, it depends on what your context is. First of all, you're asking a legal question to mm-hmm. a uh, spiritual. You can't put the two. <laughs> you can't bring legalism into a relationship. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. That's where everybody goes. Everybody fucks up and falls off the wagon when they try to bring legalism into yeah, a relationship. Yeah, there's a big difference between a legal marriage and a spiritual marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. There's a bit, but so, mm-hmm. you know, obligations of what love looks like, you can't quantify that by saying, I'm going to do this and do that to show that I love someone. No. Love, and you were talking about, like, love language and what is your love language. And I instantly thought about if I was to quantify my love language, it would be um, eclectic. It would be like a compilation album. It would be some rock on there. It would be mm-hmm. some <laughs> mm-hmm. hip hop on there. It would be some jazz. It would be just about that. And it's all love. It's all the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. cutting edge sometimes, but it's still love. Mm-hmm. So you can't quantify actions and say, well, your actions don't show that you love me. That's, nah, that's when people fuck up. That's when you go wrong. You know what I'm saying? You can't quantify someone's emotional sentiment for you based on their actions toward you when they're functioning from an entirely different script than you are. 
So whatever it is that they believe mm-hmm. about themselves might cause them to act in a way, though they love you, looks like they don't. But they're just responding to the way that they think they're supposed to respond based on the shit mm-hmm. they've gone through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, right. love, they love you the best they can from the best of their capacity, but it don't look like love to you because your script is completely mm-hmm. different as it, loves, as it relates to love. But it's still right. love. Right. Yeah, it'll be going back to a vibrational frequency type of thing. You know what I'm saying? When you you when you feel the thing, when you feel the person, when you have that vibrational match with the person, you can feel when things are kind of ebbing and flowing, and when they're intensifying, but it's still all in the same parameter. It's not whoa, I feel less love. So you must not love me as much as you did before. You know that's mm-hmm. not no. Mm-hmm. That's not love. Mm-hmm. You know, and, this, and a lot of that shit is insecurity. Yeah. You know, make me feel good. <laughs> you know that has to make its you way know, in every show. They so. gotta make its way into that. It got to. Make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I hate those most of all because they ain't trying to give you nothing. They just want you to give them. You know, make me feel right. good. Touch yeah. me on my inside mm-hmm. parts to say mm-hmm. my name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Right. <laughs> you know, they just that's that's just a waste of time. So no, nah, you can't you can't you can't legalize an aspect. That's like trying to put a patent on grass. <laughs> you know, you can't patent mm-hmm. plant. <laughs> you know, you can't legalize mm-hmm. that. You can't, quanti- you can't quantify that emotion or that vibration or that that you know um, force that force with, you know, the term, legal terms and perceptions and jargon. It doesn't match up. There's too many variables and there's too many different ideologies and mindsets and philosophies to unify this one corporate thing that they call love under the same, mm-hmm. you know, context right. that means the same for everybody. That's bullshit. That's why church is such bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why church is such bullshit. You can't unify and, and institutionalize love. The fuck is right. that? How do you do that? How is that possible? It's not. You can't. You can't. It makes no sense. So you know, that's how most people that are married, going and going through the whole process of getting married, or soon divorced shortly after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is the divorce rate is it triple the marriage rate <laughs> at this mm-hmm. point? Yeah, something like that. Right. You know. Hey, you can't Something use like that. because everybody, everyone is using this standard measurement or this, you know, unified mm-hmm. measure of what what love is and what a marriage right. is. And the ones who stay together are the ones who don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Right. It's that simple. Right. The ones who your stay together are the ones who gain the wherewithal right. understanding that you don't have to do that. Our relationship is as we define it in that moment. Absolutely. At mm-hmm. that time, in and that moment, tomorrow. And I think right. that's what a lot of people don't realize, too, is that you have to allow each person to change and the relationship to change, too. And a lot of people don't want the change or they look at the change as, you know, as you're different as, you know, something that is unwanted and is a conflict instead of everybody has to change. You can't be the same person. You can't be married for 10 years and be the same person you were when you first got married. And I think a lot of people don't 
allow for change in their relationship. Right. Right. And so when someone is different or someone tries to express the fact that they are are growing or they're deciding their, you know, their truth is different than it was, yes, this is who I was then, but this is who I am now, and and gaining a completely different understanding of who is and who this person was, and now it's something different, and mm-hmm. making the necessary changes to grow, people fight against that, and so therefore it's causing you know a conflict in alignment and what their truth is and what each person is entitled to be, um, based off of the restrictions that one has maybe placed over the other, and so therefore it can't you know it's it's it can only, you know, you put enough pressure on someone to stay the same, you know, it's going to break. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that. You're different. You're not the same person. You're not the person that I married. Well, I hope not. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to grow and change. And I think that's a, a lot of people don't understand when they're going into that relationship. When they're going into that relationship, it's, again, you go, you're in the same routine that you were. That you are in the rest of your life. You get up and you go to work and you drive the same way every day and you come home the same way and you watch the same TV programs and you do exactly the same thing. And so you want every aspect of your life to exist in that same pattern. But when you involve another person or you put another person in there, there are going to be some things that you can't predict. And there, of course, are going to be some changes, and so you fight against those changes because you're trying to control your environment in an effort to try to stay safe and secure in that routine. Um, and you can't do that when, when there's another person. The more people that you... When there's another person that is in that uh, close perspective as your partner can't do that without mm-hmm. there being some conflict. So there constantly has to be growth. and ex- I think there has to be growth and expansion. So personalities change, desires change, bodies change, <laughs> everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that and understanding that, the openness and the flexibility that is necessary with not only with the other person, but with yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't expect, if I change or I'm different or I look different or I feel different, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be not everybody? And and that's, our society concentrates a lot on not changing. Everybody wants to still look 20. <laughs> everybody gets plastic surgery and all of these weight loss and fitness programs and everything, so I need to stay exactly the same because if I change, that means I'm less desirable and therefore I'm more open to be rejected or not valuable. Mm-hmm. So our whole society is based off of not changing, staying exactly the same. And so then we we fall into that thinking that that is what makes us valuable. Mm-hmm. We deal a lot. Go. We deal a lot with superficiality, and when you're talking mm-hmm. about a subject like love and the commitment that you make to 
another being or or many out of love uh, is is much more deep than that. So to apply superficial principles to something that goes beyond that is a recipe for disaster. Mhm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because people do that, you see it all the time. Yeah. Mhm. You know, look at the numbers. Right. Yeah, because beneath beneath all of the ticks and quirks and the the deterioration and even the makings of the personality lies a, a core, an essence. And there has to be something in that essence that speaks to your essence that draws you together. And I think if people remember right. that, that through all of the stuff at the base lies that essence, uh, then it becomes much less work to be in a relationship in the sense that, yes, there are going to be challenges, you're going to have good times, bad times, et cetera. But being with that person is still like breathing. You know, it's something that you, mm-hmm. you do no matter what. And that is, right. there's something about that that is easy, even through all of the challenges. It's not hard to be with that person. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I mean, in... Anytime you say that these laws and these tenets that I now observe mm-hmm. at no at, at, at any other call is you know, the precedent. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to get married, and we're going to do it from this legal perspective that's going to be laid out before us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and there's no room. There's no room. There's no gray area. That we can't we can't deviate from this path. We have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. We have to walk this legal path. And this is how we have to do it. And the moment uh-huh. that you know you start uh, a sentiment starts surfacing that are contrary to that path, or look, don't look, um, don't look honorable as it as it relates to that path. You don't, you know, you kind of you either act on those things or you kind of hold them and put them to the side, and they start to fester. It's like that other show we were talking about, you know, in terms of not dealing with your emotions and creating like sort of sort of a doppelganger type of person. Mm-hmm. That you're mm-hmm. not dealing with those things that don't fit within the context that you've already had, not that you've laid out, but you've already had laid out for you to adhere to and subscribe to. So you got like multiple layers of shit that you're doing, but everything that you're doing, you're doing outside of the understanding of who and what you are as it relates to you or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So both of y'all, you know, that is, like you said, Aaron, the recipe <laughs> for disaster. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and it seems like as soon as a person finds someone else, they're always looking for reasons to to break up or reasons to question the mm-hmm. relationship or or reasons to reasons for it not to work out. You know, and that comes back to placing conditions on love. And I think the conditions that are placed on love come out of basically holding a person to a certain story so you can feel a certain kind of way about yourself again, which goes back to what we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. You know, if you if you mm-hmm. love that person, you can love them without having to put qualifications on them. And how loving a person 
doesn't necessarily say anything about you. Or rather what I'm trying to say is what the person that you love does says more about them and less about you. And I think a lot of times we get caught in this idea that what the person we love does actually says something about us when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think right. people, I think if people would pay more attention to that and understand uh, and understand that what they do is more about them and they don't have to, they don't have to explain loving a person regardless of what they mm-hmm. do. And I think I think mm-hmm. relationships might last a little bit longer or go, yeah, last a little longer and possibly mm-hmm. be more strong. You know, like, this person's feet stink. <laughs> this person, you know, is a, is a slob. This person is is someone who can't make a, a commitment of fidelity to me. I mean, those are those are superficial things. And once again, it, mm-hmm. it just it comes into it, it, it just calls into question how you define love and and what it what it means to love that person and and the I'm like trying to find the words for this. I'm trying to translate my thoughts into my words. But basically I guess what I'm getting at is why why do you have to come put conditions on the way that you love someone? Mm-hmm. And are those conditions mm-hmm something that were created by you or someone else and doesn't even right. really say anything about how much you love a person. Um, if you still love them regardless of super superficial things, I mm-hmm. guess that's what I'm getting at is, is right. are a lot of these superficialities that we think are big deals really that big of a deal? And at the end of the day, does it really matter if you still have a love that you feel towards someone and is, when it really counts, returned to you? Mm-hmm. I think we just right. get so caught up in. I think we just get caught up in process, and I just I just yep. keep saying superficiality mm-hmm. when really, yep. if it's love, you don't have to question it as deeply. It just is. I mean, that's how you know mm-hmm. it. Anything that causes you to contextualize or to place parameters on or to find, or to define or minimize love isn't love. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That process, in and of that, that process is completely antithetical and contrary to the sentiment, the vibration, the emotion, and everything else that love is. You know, mm-hmm. you, just, you can't contain it in those small parameters. So any parameters or, or, or containment that you put on you is not something that's coming from mm-hmm. you, it's something that was given to you. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, right. coming from source, coming from being that outside of your body, being that, being love itself, you know what it is, mm-hmm. but it feels like to be that. Mm-hmm. So to agree to add contrast or, or to add uh, uh, parameters and definitions and boundaries to that, it, it can't be something that came from you. Because everything you are right. is contrary to that. Right. So that has to be a prescribed yeah. notion or a prescribed definition of, you know, again, once you start contextualizing anything based on mm-hmm. someone else's or, or, or prescribed notion, you fuck. Right. 
you know, yeah, I think that's important to, to know and examine who gave you your definition of what love looks like right. um, and the person who you're supposed to, quote, unquote, who you're attracted to, who gave you the idea of who you're attracted to and why. Um mm-hmm. We have another caller. Let me see if they want to. We have their hand raised. Let me see if they want to have something to say. Hold on. Hi, who's this? Hello, how are you? Calling this, from? Hello, this is Q calling from Atlanta. I'd like to offer a different view. Okay. Hi, Q from Atlanta. What's up, Q? Hey, hey, how you how you doing? Uh how's everybody? Um let me let me make this quick suggestion, uh, and just walk with me in this for a second. Uh, assume that what uh-huh. I'm saying is true, just for a second. When okay. things are bad, you have a different type of attraction. Let me uh, look at Knights of the Round Table or that whole era. Mm-hmm. You had swords and battle axes everywhere, but not everybody wanted to be a warrior. Some people were happy being peasants. And if you were attracted to a farmer, it was not necessarily because that farmer was beautiful. It's because that farmer provided something for you. Or if you were a farmer, you were attracted to a woman. You ran the risk of getting a woman that was pretty but could not help you on the farm versus a woman who could help you on the farm, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. let's look at the whole, the whole night for the round table. Like I said, mm-hmm. everybody, and it's going to make sense in a minute, everybody did not want to pick up a sword. They were happy to be peasants. But not every woman wanted to be with a knight just because he was in a shiny outfit, mm-hmm. because a lot of those knights, were battle scars, they had cut up faces, and a whole bunch of stuff going on. So let's flash 2014. Now we have replaced the warriors with cowards. Now we have replaced people who really can't provide anything for us, but we want them to. We hope they can. So many of our relationships we get into, we get with people who really don't fit the core of what we're trying to do with our lives personally. But we'll get with them, we'll have sex with them, and we'll hope that they turn out to be family men. We'll hope that they turn out to be good mm. women. Mm. Here's my last mm-hmm. point. If government daddy was not here in America, most relationships would do far better than what they do. Now, people, well, always, now people always say, well, you know, then men would be abusive. Well, you got to remember, in the 1700s, men went against men to help women get rights. Women didn't go into court and do that. Men saw men doing wrong, and they helped. You look at France and England right now, there's no welfare, and there's no child support. And their families get along better than ours do. So in all that I'm saying, we have replaced noble people that we should be getting with, technology, nerds, and all of these people who we should be coupling with, with our porno fantasy. And we hope mm-hmm. these people mm-hmm. turn out good people. 
and we're amazed when they waste five years of our lives. That's what I tell my clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm married. You Absolutely. know what? I'm, I'm, I just happen to be in a position that I marry my porno fantasy, who is my best friend, <laughs> who, is, who is the softest person I know. <laughs> In none of those capacities, in none of those capacities are many. Every one of them, mm-hmm. from the porno fantasy all the way to the hiking intellectual that I could talk. Man, I don't know how anybody else is doing, but me, <laughs> I got it, bro. It was a lot of rivalry. You create your own reality. Yeah, yes, indeed. And, and, and you know, I, I I say that because you know I I really understood when I was helping one of my gay clients years ago, and one of my gay clients could not, in his mind, define love that did not have sex involved. And in psychology, there's this thing called a, a love of affection addiction, where mm-hmm. you take sex or an action, let's just take sex out of it, you take an action and it becomes a crack cocaine habit and you call it love. Mm -hmm. So what I said to my client, I said, go without sex, don't look at no porn, don't don't even get a visual of nothing for 30 days and then tell me how you feel. Well... That's the dude to do that? (laughs) Say that again, sir? Uh... Well, well, I, I, well, I'm, I'm just saying that's how you can find out whether you really love right. something or not. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's, but did he, did he do it for thirty days? Did he do it for thirty mm-hmm. days? Well, yeah, because, mm-hmm. because you know, yeah. even spiritually, they tell you you're supposed to fast from something because uh, the, the whole technique in that is don't let something become your god, even if it's your right. job. Don't let right. your job become your God. You should be creating scenarios for you outside of your work. And that's why some people get distraught when they lose a job. I don't understand why they did what they did. It don't matter. You should have created mm-hmm. something outside of work to maintain you irregardless of what this job does. And the same thing for relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the universe works pretty quickly. It works really quickly. The problem is people are looking for basically the thing that has been the source of trouble. So, like, I'll give you a visual. Say someone is allergic to uh, to nuts, and they say to the universe, you know, I'm hungry, send me something to eat, and they get sent a peanut butter cookie, and they can't eat it because they're allergic to nuts, so they throw it out and they say to the universe, send me something to eat again, and the peanut butter cookie shows up again, and they throw it out because they're allergic and they're getting upset, and they say, okay, you know, universe, send me something to eat that I can have, and they send them, the universe sends that person an apple, and the person is upset because the apple doesn't look like the peanut butter cookie, or it's not a cookie, or mm-hmm. it's, it's, they didn't think that it was going to look like mm-hmm. that, but when they show up, when it shows up, they can't even see it because they're busy looking for something else. And I think if you... Mm-hmm. If you are open and honest and standing in a true place of wanting, uh, then keep yourself open for when it shows up because it's probably not going to show up as you as you thought it would. 
And if it looks like mm-hmm. what you're allergic to, then don't take it because that could just be a test to see if you really, if you really do want something different. I think people have this. We've kind of, we've been talking about it, you know having a romanticized view about about what love is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like, and it it, it has us held so captive that we can't see something right. when it really shows up. You know, right. you want to talk about. You want to talk about gay men and gay relationships. I know a little something about that. You know, a lot of people have a, it's it's a, a double, it's like a double-edged sword because you're raised growing up with the idea of what, what love looks like in a fairy tale, and it's usually not a homosexual relationship. And then when you finally allow yourself to be who you truly are, uh, you feel... <laughs> unworthy because your kind of love doesn't look like mm-hmm. what you grew up seeing. So you mm-hmm. try to fill that void with uh, sexual connections. And then you start to think that sex is love. And so when right. uh, a potential true right. partner comes along, you know, you're too busy thinking about how the sex is going to be to really even begin to think about what that could be as a full fully realized relationship you know it's uh, sex is sex is important i mean as a human human function but a lot of times we're so hooked on uh, a, a highly romanticized idea or we think that love equals lust that we don't we don't give ourselves mm-hmm. time to create a space for that much deeper less superficial thing to show up right right Right, right. And a lot of and times you know we don't know what... Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. You're probably about to say exactly what I'm going to oh, say. I, I was just going along with us not used to being, you know, when we're seeking, not knowing the connection between we seek happiness in love, but we don't know what happiness is because there are people who have never really experienced what happiness is so they think happiness and and what you experience in your childhood as being normal is what you grow up thinking is normal so a lot of people go into relationships thinking being controlled is being if I'm being controlled I'm being happy that's happiness because that's what you grew up with or being humiliated or or not communicating or suffering and that becomes your normal and so that's that's the whole the peanut butter cookie. I know I'm allergic to this, and I know this doesn't feel good, but when I eat it, it's at least familiar, and this is what I grew up with. And so when you right. offer them something healthy like an apple, they reject the apple because it's, it's it feels wrong. What is right and healthy feels wrong because you don't feel deserving of it or you're not trying to control me, and if you loved me, you'd try to control me, that whole jealousy thing. Um, he must really love me because he's so jealous. Or he's, you know, if that's not fair, you don't feel the satisfaction of that connection you had with the people who loved you first in your life, or the people who were supposed to define love for you, your family, your parents, whoever it was you grew up with. They were controlling. Well, you, I, I, they I, I, humiliated yeah. me. They abandoned me. They didn't communicate. So therefore, that must be love. So when you grow up, you're thinking this is love. This is what you're looking for. You're looking for the peanut butter cookie that you're allergic to. And somebody says, "No, here's an apple. This will make you feel great. This will help you feel healthy. 
it feels wrong because those mm-hmm. other elements are not present. I look at it so from therefore a standpoint. you don't. Good. I look at it from a standpoint okay, that you. we that that we do know what love is. We just selectively don't because here comes here here comes why I called in. I mm-hmm. think we do know what love is because we have access to puppies. Puppies, <laughs> unlike, unlike even unconditional children. love, <laughs> unconditional love. You kidding me? Yeah. You see <laughs> Oh my Wonderful. God! You're yep. home. Joy, mm-hmm. joy, 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 joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. guess mm-hmm. what? Guess why humans are, are are less likely to have that for another human, unless you can master mm-hmm. it. Because I, mm-hmm. I personally turn it on and turn it off. But mm-hmm. because we want control of the other human being, yeah. we want our joy yeah. on our terms, without yeah. the work. Mm-hmm. We want our mm-hmm. joy when we want our joy. There was a gentleman yeah. recently, and, you know, I really dislike when males do stuff that they would normally get knocked the hell out for. <laughs> but they do it with this energy of, like, you're not supposed to say something. Like, you're supposed to coddle their situation, even though they're imposing mm-hmm. on someone else. So recently, I, I had this gentleman. He uh, he was being inconsiderate, and I understood. I wasn't initially mad. I was just asking him, "Hey, hey can you can you enlighten me as to why it's so noisy for the past hour?" Well, I'm doing X, Y, Z, Z, Y, X. Okay, all right. Uh, can you can 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 you please try not to be so loud? Now I'm not being passive aggressive. I'm holding on to my anger because I know how I can get when I feel you're being <laughs> inconsiderate. And he mm-hmm. says to me, he says to me without knowing who he's talking to, well, ain't nobody going to tiptoe for you. Mm. I said, check this out, little dude. I will mm. beat your motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> And he was shocked. I'm about to prove a point here. He was shocked. <laughs> Well, damn, and I heard him later, damn, is it that serious? Yes, because life is that serious. There's going to be things that come your way, little man, that you can't control, whether it be a tiger that just wants to eat, whether it's you walking through a a wood and you didn't know wolves lived here. I mean, there's going to be things that come up to you, and you got to be considerate, dude. You just don't pop off. But, again, he wanted to other people to adhere to what he had going on without being considerate. And that's how our, our relationships are. We we have to be considerate of the other person because they are choosing to be there. They don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I think that is a I think that's a good point because when we agree to be in a marriage relationship, what you're doing is agreeing to take someone else's feelings and life into consideration along with your own. And so it does take, I think it just, I think it kind of boils down to having a certain amount of 
maturity and self-knowledge to be able to function in a dual relationship that allows you to grow and complement one another as you grow and change and expand and to respect the other person's growth and change and expand and grow in a direction that's compatible enough to feel aligned together or stay together. But that takes a certain amount of self-knowledge, self-awareness, and maturity. You have to divorce yourself from your story. You have to divorce divorce yourself Mm -hmm. from the idea of who you think you are and how this person Mm -hmm. is supposed to prop that idea up for you and support that idea. If you're willing to abandon your story as to what it, as to how things relate to you and you relate to things, then you're able to move forward with somebody. But if you're content on trying to surround yourself with people that are going to support the sentiment that you're looking for, you're going to get the same dumb shit, the mm-hmm. <laughs> same dumb people, mm-hmm. and the same dumb-ass relationship. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But that, 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 that's basically the understanding of you not knowing you know, who and what you actually are. So you're just taking this self, this, 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 this prescribed philosophy or this subscribed ideology of what you should be. You know, you factor in all your age and your, your demographics and your race and all of that other shit. And then you pull out this thing and you hold it up next to yourself like a suit and you try to see how much mm-hmm. of it you can fit into. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then it's all about surrounding yourself with people that are going to echo that sentiment back to you. Mm-hmm. So you can further identify, mm-hmm. hey, this is who I am. When in all actuality, no, the fuck is not. That has nothing to right. do with you. Yeah. That's not who you are. You know, and okay, agree to be that. Just for shits and giggles. But understand that that's what you're doing, but that's not who you are. Right. So right. Yep. as we try to compile these people, again, that echo or support this philosophy, that we hold against, you know, that we espouse to ourselves, we run into these mm-hmm. dynamics. But, 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 but that's why I made the point. We've made it easy for cowards now. We've yeah. made it for, we, we, we've made mm-hmm. this America easy for pretendo people. You remember the guy who used to get his milk money took in high school? Now he's at the gym every day trying to work on his body to look menacing. Might even have a tattoo mm-hmm. <laughs> You remember the guy who had no confidence? He's at the tattoo shop every other week. Right. Now, I'm not right. putting it on people who work out a tattoo. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that mm-hmm. people have these facades. And the brother just made a great point. Uh, I want to share, share, share with you real, real quick in 30 seconds this uh, a client that I had. He was beating his wife. And so he was beating his wife, hitting her up. And uh, I listened to him for 20 minutes. And he was like, are you listening to me? I said, yeah, I'm just trying to make sure you express everything you want to express. And he said, well, so what does the Bible say about that? I said, I'm not going to tell you about the Bible. I'm going to fix your problem. He said, fix my problem? I said, yep. One session? Yep, absolutely. He said, okay, go ahead. I said, you're not hitting your wife because she won't listen. You're not hitting your wife because... She's not doing what you want her to do. You're hitting your wife because you don't have the power to leave. You are not the dude you mm. thought you was. 
If you mm-hmm. were to do Chinese little, you would just say, hey, check this out. This ain't working for me. Uh, I got the Uber <laughs> right. to get stuff. I'm out. Or this is my house. Give me my keys. You need to move by the morning. Right. Right. How often does that happen? Right. <laughs> yes, that's an excellent point. There are a lot of people who do beat their wives or, you know, a number of of things on both sides because they don't have enough courage to confront this person and just say, I don't want this anymore. Right. It's not working. That's the count now. Instead of just saying, you know, it's not death to us part, it's <laughs> expansion to us part, or I've changed, or this is just not working for me anymore. And they don't, and we are not taught to do that. We're taught to think that we are failures if we if it's not till death do us part. So we do something to make either us or the other person the villain or the monster, so that there's no way it could the relationship could sustain itself. Mm-hmm. So now we have as all of a sudden there's a bunch of people online. Interesting. We've got about three minutes. So much for your um, input and your wisdom and your um, all of your comments. That was fantastic. I'm going to put you on hold. Everybody else on hold will probably um, go into the after hours for a few minutes. What was that? For a few minutes, um, we'll close in the after hours. So if you want to call in um, and listen to the ending of the show, we'll just go ahead and do our closing. It's 347-215-8639. You can call in and get on the line and hear the, the ending of the show. Let's go ahead and do um, last thoughts. Um, Sean, what are your last thoughts? Um, I defer to the last philosopher's uh, uh, <laughs> genie, <laughs> God guru, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> away from is just with a reminder that uh, you have the you that you try to present to people that is like the polished, you know, uh, tarnish-free, shiny version of you, and then you have the real you that when you get a little closer up, Mm. you see cracks and facades, you see repairs that need to be made, you see unresolved issues, and um, if you can't bring that cracked person to a relationship and be open and honest about that, then you're not looking for something that is long-term. Mm-hmm. You're looking for fun. You're looking for maybe a roll in the hay, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to move past that point and get into something that's a little bit more real, then you got to let the cracks mm-hmm. and all the repairs that need to be made show. Mm-hmm. And uh, until you do that, don't expect things to develop for you. Wow, yeah. Yes, very good. Yep. And I think on that on the other side of that, you you have to be open and willing to if if you're if you're going to put yourself in a situation where you are in a partnership such as a marriage with a person, you have to be willing to receive whatever it is that person has for you as far as, you know, being open enough to hear what they have to say, any changes that are going on with them or yourself. Marriage can 
either destroy people or it can, it's not going to destroy you, but it feels like it can either tear you apart because you're trying so hard to stay in control, um, that control that Q was talking about. So it's either going to tear that apart if you're trying to keep up the facade, if you're trying to stay contained, if you're trying to stay controlled, or it has in that, it has the opportunity to provide you with healing on many, many, many different levels because you are basically mirroring the mirror. Your your spouse becomes the mirror of yourself. But you have to be willing to see it, hear it, touch it, taste it, and open yourself up to what that has to show you. Um, marriage is much more, I think, now... Um, Everything that is, you know, going on in the the cosmos and the time, and marriage is much more of a spiritual partnership rather than, you know, what it's been in any other time in history. It's much more of a spiritual partnership. So it's going to help you see yourself um, in more of an accurate light if you're if you allow yourself to see that. So, you know, that person, the choices that you make in the person that you decide to have a long-term relationship with should be someone that you can be honest with and can be honest with you on many different levels. You can be completely open with. And I think that you have to have a certain amount of, of awareness and maturity within yourself to be able to see and handle what that is and what that means. So... Oh, I got to find a word. I got to find a word. You need to get me a yeah. word. <laughs> I mean, you got to, you, you, again, like I, let me reiterate. You cannot be attached to your story. You cannot be attached. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. be willing to abandon the idea that you are not your story. Mm-hmm. And whatever means you get to be able to do that, whatever you can galvanize and fortify yourself with to give you the means to be able to disassociate yourself from this point moving forward with your story and understanding that you have and, and, and give yourself the authority to understand that you have the ability to define your story for you or yourself apart and aside mm-hmm. from anybody else's philosophy, indoctrination, or, or, or dogma. You know, it's all in a nutshell. It's about taking your power back. <laughs> it always yeah. comes back to that for me. Yeah. It's about taking your power back. It's about understanding that whatever you believe about yourself is not you. It's about mm-hmm. taking that, not just understanding that as just somebody saying, "and okay, I can agree with that," but really knowing what that means and incorporating those, and incorporating that tenet into your life, and and moving, operating mm-hmm. from that premise forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when you start to operate from that premise forward, everything around you and everything that you're attracted to or attracts or, or, or is attracted to you will reflect that. You won't find, you won't have to sift through the bullshit. You won't have to sift through, you know, you'll recognize it right away. When you're, mm-hmm. And I think somebody said that earlier. When you're operating from that, that authentic place, you recognize it. You see shit, man. There's no ambiguity mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that becomes part of your motherfucking swag. That's when you're like, yo, there's no ambiguity. There's no darkness. There's no, you know, uh, wow, I don't know about that. That's kind of, it's plain. 
it's plain. You really get to that place where you disassociate yourself from your uh, um, your digital self, like in the Matrix. This is the residuals of your digital self. This is how you think you look. When you disassociate mm-hmm. yourself from that, mm-hmm. you just, the game, that's a game changer. <laughs> it changes the game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It changes the game. It, changes the, it really does. It changes the game completely. That's my, my final word. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, another fantastic show. This was really good. We might have to read. There's a bunch of people who jumped on the line at the last minute, which means we might have to revisit this one and do, do a part two mm-hmm. somewhere or expand upon this. So, I mean, I, there's a, still a ton to talk about. I want to thank our callers, Adele from Texas and Hugh from Atlanta. Thank you for your input. It was amazing and awesome. And... um call back again and look for us on Facebook anybody who is listening and just look up the blue click expression of spirit on the search box and you guys we can have discussions like this all the time on Facebook um, or we're on um, the archives if you want to listen to other shows you can find us on the archives on blog talk radio or on iTunes so leave a comment there if you and rate us if you like to help other people find us too. So anyway, until next time, if you have suggestions for the show, email us at blueclick at gmail.com. We would love to have ideas for future shows too. So thank you, and until next time, everybody.